Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome back to the Murderboard Podcast. This is Civil Trials, the discussion show for the Murderboard Podcast. I am your host, Walter, and tonight I am joined with Shelton. Welcome back, Shelton. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. Again, I live here. <laughs> it's been a minute since it's just been the two of us. Yeah, it's been a hot-ass minute. It's always when we're doing some crazy-ass shit. <laughs> yeah, it's always the weirdest stuff, honestly, or the most, like, the most dense type of stuff. We were me and mm-hmm. me and Javon had the same kind of conversation. It's always like the weird stuff. But um, <laughs> but yes, uh, like I said, welcome back. And uh, tonight we are discussing Daniel isn't real. So if you haven't seen the movie, this is your spoiler warning. And if you have, I hope you enjoy our little show here. Just to get things started here, uh, just kind of like a reminder. Uh, this this for. For the month of March and April, we are diving into much more modern psychological horror movies, but with like a, a nice, unique twist to each and every one of them. And I think we're this is with Daniel isn't real. We're definitely getting into a more introduction. Like last week, we did Spree with me and Javon, and that was just a fun like movie with a very insane person as the lead. But now I feel like we're really getting into the serious stuff. And I, yeah, for sure, shit. It's, it's it's gonna get really weird, but uh, I mean, before I go into everything else, I did want to know. Give your, your we haven't done this in a minute, but like, give your overall reaction since, since this is your first time seeing the movie. Um, I think my overall reaction was, okay, this is kind of interesting and psychological. To holy shit, what? To <laughs> okay, yeah, this is wild. <laughs> Holy crap! I did not expect this one bit. It took a turn. It it takes many turns, if you ask me. But yeah, it does it's... take many turns. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I man, upon rewatching it, I this is my second time watching it, and I was like, this is much wilder than I remember the first time, and I was blown away the first time. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah. So like I said, we're dealing with psychological stuff. And when it comes to psychology, that means we're going to touch on the topic of mental illness. And I feel like a lot of the the rest of the movies within this series will have very strong comments on mental illness or very strong, uh, what the, not even opinions, but just like elements, very strong elements of mental illness, starting with this here and the next week we're doing hereditary and then after that we're gonna get into joker and midsummer and all that but starting with daniel isn't real here man oh man okay uh my first question for the night shelton to get our conversation started is mm-hmm. mental illness in horror movies what is what is the first thing you notice or think of when you take when you kind of just stop and think about how mental illness is executed and portrayed in horror films i guess usually um when i think about mental illness in horror films it's more of just a curiosity and how it'll be portrayed whether they'll go for a more realistic spin on it well not spin but a more realistic take on it or if they'll kind of um apply a dramatized uh, more physical physically manifested version of it like in this movie and i just i like seeing the different ways that they interpret it 
and the ways that they try to explain it, especially to people who don't understand mental, like the specific mental illnesses that they're going over. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I think that is an interesting viewpoint. Uh, I think that's probably what most people may think. Overall, I would say that I don't ever really think about it unless the movie itself <laughs> makes it apparent. But uh, it's, it's usually upon reflection where I kind of go, okay, well, this is what that is. And But if we're talking specifically the horror genre, uh, the first thing that I, I tend to notice is that it's, it's usually an explanation. Uh, it's just my kind of like summation of it yeah for me it's usually an explanation of of you know what's going on or you know why the why did these events happen and i it's just what i've noticed but it, it can also be just like a background which is what um which is probably why none of us really think about it much whenever we're actually when we're whenever we're actively watching a psycho a psychological based horror movie but um mm -hmm. but a, as an example like you know it being a background would be like american horror story asylum right. i mean yeah it, it's just a place and a setting and a tone for that actually honestly i think um the way i interpret the usage of um kind of a mental illness and even just uh the question being thrown out like okay is this person becoming insane or are they mentally crumbling uh, i think that for me it seems to be more of a kind of plot device or i guess to get to explain that a bit more is um it's a major part of what is making a character do something or what is moving the plot forward so i kind i don't really see it as a background thing i see it as like something major that you really need to pay attention to because it usually plays a major role in what's going on. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, I did want to touch on the fact that um, just kind of like, okay, well, let's just kind of combine both of our answers here, and I'm going to combine that into another question. And that question <laughs> is, do you think it can mean for either the victim of said horror movie or the killer slash perpetrator of said horror movie what can mental illness tend to mean i guess usually motive it usually uh explains why the person is doing whatever it is they're doing whether it's having a psychotic break or um completely crumbling the interactions they have with people which actually I, I, daniel isn't real i think interpreted that very well in the sense of uh the different interactions he has when, say, Daniel comes out over Luke or when Luke has control instead of Daniel. It really shows you, like, okay, so when it's full force and really in it, like, the, the person's really in it, it has more control over what they're doing than um, you might think um, when it's not thrown in your face as hard as this movie would or movies like it. For me, the way I, I didn't really think about it that deep, but for me, uh, I kind of go back to, you know, again, for me, it's it's usually an explanation. So when I think about what it could possibly mean for the victim and or the victimizers, uh, if it's for the victim, it's kind of just a, it, I don't know, 
it's it's either like a it was i mean obviously it's a result being that they've been through this this traumatic thing but it also can factor in to through the events i can't think of any movies that have that but <laughs> i'm pretty sure there's a lot but i think it's it's mainly i notice it mainly with the killers especially as i think really especially since you're dealing with like slasher movies you get a lot of um or back when during the whole remake era of horror they used that method of this is actually better because it's adding mental illness to it and it's really just there to kind of like give a definition a more of a definition to the killer like uh my go-tos are, you know, my go-to for the remake era, which would be like 2003 to 2011, is the the remake to Texas Chainsaw, Rob Zombie's Halloween, and the remake to Nightmare on Elm Street. Although the remake to Nightmare on Elm Street completely cut that plot out. It, you know, at that time, audiences didn't like it. But you go to something like Psycho, where there's a full 10-minute scene at the end of the movie where some guys go and in a very dramatic fashion this is his mother but he is yeah. also his mother oh god <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah you see what i mean like it's it's, it's kind of just there to as like a you know i feel like it also used they use it to ground it to ground it back to like reality especially with something like texas chainsaw where you're dealing with nothing but hysteria and um with I don't know. It it kind of doesn't work with, or it kind of works the opposite way when you do it with Michael Myers, given the fact that because they can't diagnose him, that's supposed to make him scarier because he's pure evil. And then right. I think, I think the scariest thing you can do is humanize Freddy Krueger, but they don't want to do that because he's so popular. For me, I I think the fear is more in the in the character being dehumanized, just because like. With, along with being a human comes empathy and morals and things like that. So for to dehumanize something that's supposed to be terrifying makes it scarier because it doesn't have those things that it's kind of like the um, it, what's it called when when something's like it's it's a little human, it's a little too human and that makes it creepy. Like oh. it, it's fuck ah, it's the the uncanny valley. There it is. The Uncanny Valley, where so, when something comes close enough to being human, but it's perverted, so it's creepy. Like, if yeah. you take a rock, right, you draw a little simple face on it, the rock might be cuter, it might be funny looking, but let's say you try to put skin on it, then out of then it's like, okay, that rock has skin in a face that's fucking weird. <laughs> oh my god, that's an image right there. That is, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Now I, I'm I'm afraid I won't be able to go to sleep tonight. <laughs> Thanks, but uh, yeah. I do. Yeah, that that's yeah, that makes sense. So Uncanny Valley. Yeah, so it it could work both ways essentially. But oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, here's one last question before we move into our next section, and that is: When did you start noticing or paying attention to, um, mental illness? being portrayed within the horror movies specifically or tv oh you mean like generally yeah just yeah either movies or tv when did you start noticing or paying attention to mental mental illness being portrayed 
Um, well, really, it, it came into play when um, I really started getting, you, you know, but I, I started getting heavily into um, horror and like the creepy pasta stories and stuff that I would listen to. And kind of like as I listened to them more and more, they got more and more creative and the plots got deeper and deeper. And uh, they do a lot of different takes on different mental illnesses and things like that. And uh, the portrayals are just very interesting, kind of giving you an... They use a lot of realistic, like, real-life information along with throwing in any paranormal or just creepy elements in general. And so it really kind of gives you perspective on that while at the same time being interesting in a dramatized way. All right, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, cool, cool. That's cool. I I was just curious as to when you started noticing. Um, For me, it does kind of go back to when I first saw Silence of the Lambs. Uh, You can go back to, y'all can, who's ever listening to this, y'all can go back to that podcast. I explained my first time seeing that movie. But yeah, it is, basically, I'm going to just say Hannibal that whole entire series when I was exposed to is where I really started to not only notice, but understand like mental illness, psychology and all that stuff. Um, by like the movie series, I didn't get to the, obviously the, the TV show series wasn't out by the time I started noticing, but when I, when I, when the TV did come out, it, it is, it does hang up there as like my, favorite series psychological horror series hannibal was really when i started noticing and then after that every movie to me is kind of like all right if what's they saying in this all right is that girl crazy or is she just traumatized and, you know if, for me it kind of said gave me it gave it new meaning um also mm-hmm. bates motel watching that show we you know again psycho but that show really does realistically and modernizes how um norman succumbs to his disassociative identity disorder mm-hmm. and then i also put down as an example american horror story but to a <laughs> they, certain extent yeah they they kind of sort of not really yeah they take a lot of liberties they haven't really focused on psychology much since asylum and i think well they kind of did it in cult never mind cult Oh, yeah, since they, cult. they did it, I think they did it the most in cult. Like even yeah. comparing it to Asylum, Asylum was more of just a people are crazy, but cult yeah. actually had a legitimate thing going on there. Yeah, cult, which I liked cult. So cult's yeah. good. So yeah, that's how I just kind of like got into it, which I think is highly interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, shifting over from the TV worlds to actual psychology, Daniel isn't real. A big thing about this movie is the topic of mental illness, specifically schizophrenia. I know we're going to get into the movie and everything, but did you did you kind of catch on very quickly that this is what they were dealing with? Yeah, well, no, not quickly, actually. I caught it whenever he got the schizophrenia medicine. Um, That's because I don't really know much of anything about. Well, I don't know anything about schizophrenia or, or how that really affects somebody psychologically. So I, I guess if Daniel isn't real portrayed it in any sort of, like if any elements from that are legitimate, then I guess I have somewhat of an understanding of it now in a very broad sense though. 
Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm gonna just say it right now, Daniel isn't real, they keep it broad, and it, the big twist of the movie is that it's, it's not, but, uh, yeah. it is Which very... I think that's apparent when it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I gotta talk about that scene, but, yeah, it, it was, is, good. they do touch on it on, on a very, I feel a very respectful way, but just for clarification out there, because sometimes we like to educate on this podcast. Uh, here is what's the overall, uh, the overall definition of schizophrenia uh, via Google searching the, and clicking the first link I saw. Um, okay. <laughs> copy and paste. But yeah, schizophrenia. <laughs> that's all I did. Okay, but uh, oh no. But schizophrenia is a serious mental disorder in which people interpret reality abnormally. Schizophrenia may result in some combination of hallucinations, delusions, and extreme disorder, disorder, extreme disordered thinking and behavior that impairs daily fun- functioning, and that can be very disabling. So, bas- it basically, uh, it's a disorder that affects a person's ability to think, feel, and behave clearly. The exact cause of schizophrenia isn't known, but a combination of genetics, environment, and altered brain chemistry and structure may play a role. It's like Damn. a teacher. <laughs> I know, that's kind of sad. Like, you know, I, 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 I often hear that people who have schizophrenia, it's, it's, it, it's within their genetic line. That's what I often hear. Uh, so it, it is kind of a sad thing. Yeah kind of genetically in the sense of uh well in in the same kind of way of alzheimer's and dementia and such yeah which you know daniel isn't real it's it's very they make it a a point to say that it's very genetic yeah because his mom had it (laughs) there so there are four types of schizophrenia disorders or that you can be diagnosed with any of these four types uh number one is paranoid schizophrenia which is someone's paranoia may be extreme and they may act on it. Fairly basic. I know that there must be a more complicated stuff going on, but fairly basic definition. Uh, number two is catatonic schizophrenia. This is when someone completely shuts down emotionally, physically, and mentally. They pretty much appear, they pretty much appear paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And number three is undifferentiated schizophrenia undifferentiated undifferentiated schizophrenia uh this is just various vague symptoms of schizophrenia type 4 is schizoaffective disorder the person has delusional thinking and other symptoms of schizophrenia presenting one or more symptoms of mood disorders such as depression and mania which is i believe is the main disorder within daniel isn't real and then uh, just the last thing here, uh, schizophrenia affects men and women equally. It occurs at a similar rate in all uh, ethnic groups around the world. Uh, symptoms such as hallucinations and delusions start between ages 16 to 30. Men tend to experience the symptoms earlier than women, though. Mm. And uh, that's it for our, our little uh, psych lesson there. <laughs> uh but yeah, so we're gonna get in we're gonna take a short break and then we're gonna get in, into more of Daniel Isn't Real.
you ever feel like you're hiding your true self? What? What do you mean? I don't know, like you have to make a whole new identity just to conceal who you really are. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I feel like I have this... Just kiss her, Luke. This voice in my head that tells me what to do, but I don't always do it, you know? I, I, don't I feel like you have something have intense the... inside you. Like an animal. What do you mean? Why would you say that? Animal. What are you doing? Is this about Cassie? You're not married, man. Just kiss her. Hey. You there? Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. You okay? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... I'm, I'm a lightweight. Just can you just give me a second? Hey, if you're not gonna do this, let me take over. All right, so we're back, and we're going to talk some movie facts about Daniel isn't real. It's not a lot. Much like uh, last week with Spree, not a lot of not a lot of facts, but some interesting stuff is here. So, uh, fact number one, or just kind of starting us off here, uh, Daniel isn't real. Premiered at South by Southwest on March 9th, twenty nineteen. Um, if you don't know what South by Southwest is, much like uh, Sundance, where Spree premiered, it's you know mu- it's movie movie festivals and or film festivals i should say where you know filmmakers go and they compete and sometimes they shop their movies out to studios and uh usually smaller studios but i know like uh a24 gets a killing off of these but uh <laughs> yeah so it's just smaller movies um it's also out of that uh that round of south by southwest like reviews and everything that was happening is what i first saw and heard about the movie and uh, much like with Spree, I just got so interested in it that I just kind of kept tabs on it every now and again. Um, so let's see here. The movie officially released December 6, 2019. I remember that day because right when it was available for rent, I immediately rented it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to watch this movie. All right. So uh, the the film is directed by Adam Egypt Mortimer. The screenplay is by Adam Egypt Mortimer and Brian DeLeu. Uh, the film is based on the book by Brian DeLeu titled "In This I Was Saved." It was produced by Spectre Vision. I you norm I normally don't bring up producers because who cares? But I do like Spectre Vision because it's uh it's Elijah Wood. If you don't know who Elijah Wood is, uh, I think he's most famous for Lord of the Rings. He plays Bilbo. Or Frodo, one of the <laughs> one of the two, I believe it's Frodo. Oh, someone's gonna kill me for that. I just know it. Oh yeah, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings in such a long time. People don't 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 come for me. I don't know that I can't put faces to the names. So. I I know their faces. I just I know one of them is Sean Astin, and he died in Stranger Things too. <laughs> oh, uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. He was a Hobbit. Yeah. R.I.P. Bob. But, uh, yeah, Spectre Vision, Elijah Wood, there's a lot of other people out there, but Elijah Wood is the front face of that. 
Um, he is such a horror fan, and I love when he gets in on. You know, I've listened to countless podcasts of him just explaining his love for horror. I mentioned last week he was in a movie called uh, Maniac or the remake of Maniac, of uh, which Spree reminded me of. He's definitely got a movie that we're gonna do on this podcast at some point called Come to Daddy. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> it yeah. is it is a horror movie, but it is wild. Dude makes some wild horror movies, and if he's not making them, he puts money into some wild horror movies, such as Daniel Isn't Real. So I, I absolutely love the little company they have there. But um, yeah. So <laughs> Daniel Isn't Real uh, stars Miles Robinson, Patrick Schwarzenegger. Sasha Lane, Mary Stewart Masterson, Hannah Marks, and Peter McRobbie. And the film's plot goes as such. Troubled Luke suffers a violent family trauma and resurrects his childhood imaginary friend to help him cope. Charismatic and full of energy, Daniel helps Luke to achieve his dreams before pushing him a desperate fight for his own soul. That title makes it sound so much darker than it is. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> well no it's it's I, th- I think it's fair that's pretty it's pretty fucking dark it's a dark movie <laughs> like literally I, the first five minutes is a guy running in and shooting up a coffee shop with a shotgun I, pretty uh and a c- kid fucking witnessing a corpse just sitting on the doorstep of it so no it's yeah, pretty fucking wild and dark very very much um so here's just some little bonus facts or really just one little bonus fact here but uh we are this this movie stars Hollywood royalty, Shelton. I'm only saying this because I know you don't you don't follow like actors. Care? And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't. But like I do, and this is why we're this is why we're gonna talk about it real quick. All right, so the the two stars of these movies come from some very popular and very um award winning actors. This is, but uh, Miles Robbins who plays Luke. Um, we've seen him before. He was in uh, My Friend Dahmer as Trenchcoat Kid, if you remember that movie. I do. I did not remember him, though, in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he had longer hair, and he was just... <laughs> him and uh, Is he the Jeff... druggie dude? Yeah, he, he's the one that plays Russian roulette with Jeffrey. And he's the druggie guy. Yeah, he's, he cuts his own hand and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah that's that's Miles Robbins. Uh, he was also in Halloween 2018 as one of the friends. Uh, he has another great death in that movie. I won't spoil it, but it's it's awesome. Um, and then he, uh, he's also in a movie called Blockers, which is about is it's a prom movie. Basically, John Cena and his comedian friends try to stop their their children from having sex on prom. Yeah. Spoiler alert: they don't they are not successful. But uh, so yeah. That's what my Rob Miles Robbins has been in, but he is the son of Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. So yeah, uh, that's Miles Robinson's parents. Now let's get on to the one that I think everybody knows. It just makes me oh laugh God. because this guy had a kid. But uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger, who plays Daniel, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid. Patrick Schwarzenegger has done several movies, but this is the only one that I thought was good enough to mention. So Daniel isn't real. Uh, I know he's in a movie with Bella Thorne, though, but I won't bring that up. All right, but uh, yeah, so that's it. We're going to take another break, and then we'll be back with Daniel Isn't Real. It's common for people to see things that aren't real. Have you 
ever seen things like this before. I had an imaginary friend when I was a kid. His name was Daniel. He was my best friend. He was my only friend. It's kind of a strange notion, but maybe you should try to connect with that part of yourself again. You needed my help. Last time I saw you, you were this kid bursting with imagination. You need to break out and live. I bet you can get a phone number from any girl at this party. You're a painter? You're an artist too, Luke. I do photography sometimes. I'm here because you're here. I'm part of you. What's that thing uh, behind me? Your shadow. I saw something full of danger. Mystery. He's taking over. He's making me do things that I don't want to do. You do this. I imagined you. I can make you go away. Daniel is simply an aspect of your mind. I'm scared of what I could do. When you painted me, you saw a shadow. What did he look like? He's weak. He's lonely. And he's nothing without me. All right, so we're back, and let's get into Daniel Isn't Real. Uh, where do I start? Because <laughs> first, I did I did want to, like, make a joke, but then I don't think I will make that joke. But it, <laughs> just in case it comes up, I wanted to see how many damn Daniels can we fit in this podcast. Oh, I, was, <laughs> I started watching this movie, and um, Savannah, Savannah was like, so what's this movie about? And so I told her, and then like Daniel popped up. She was like, "Damn, Daniel, he's sexy." I was like, "God, Savannah, what the fuck, fucking murders and shit all the time." <laughs> oh God, <laughs> adding that to the list. Okay, yeah. So this movie here, we're dealing with mental illness. We're dealing with monsters. We're dealing with blood. Lots of blood. There's an emphasis on blood in this movie, and I found it fascinating. The the thing about the blood is like, I feel like it was a lot, but it was tasteful, in yeah, the sense yeah. of it, it didn't feel overdone at all ever. I loved that. Yeah, it was framed really well. And speaking of blood, we begin with a a diner being shot up. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, I, when I saw this, I was like, man, we've had schools, we've had what waffle houses but no one's ever really shot up a, a full-fledged coffee shop before huh yeah no that really came out of left field <laughs> it really did it's like okay so this lady's gonna be important to the story do, do, do. okay never mind yeah. <laughs> Everyone <died. laughs> but yeah that cuts to uh young luke here we introduce a young luke and his raging parents because his mom refuses to get help for her mental illness here and that causes Luke to run outside and go walking by himself, which is just, you know, bad parenting all around. But Daniel does. Yeah, yeah. But Daniel does end up seeing the dead shooter at the coffee shop. And what an image, because they hold for a good half a minute. 
I I I liked it. <laughs> I liked I liked I the little it, shot. I thought it was good. I agree. I thought, I thought it was good. Yeah, it's a good opening. I like the shot of the guy on the steps dead. Um, all, the blood seemed to cover the number five two four. I I wrote it down in my notes just in case, but like I don't know the significance of that. But it just seemed important. But um, right at right right after that, little Daniel appears and they decide to go play. Which uh, is the most ominous shit. Like he's like, hey, I see a dead body. Oh hi, who are you? You came out of nowhere. I guess we're friends. Yeah, like I like how he just goes with it. He's like, well, my parents don't like me. I got a new friend now. <laughs> it's like you know, instant trauma equals instant imaginary friend. And really? <laughs> little Daniel is creepy. I will. He just has this. His his face is too pale. When I was, I was Daniel like, I don't. General is fucking creepy. Yeah, but I can understand adult Daniel. Little Daniel, I could not. <laughs> no, they're both fucking creepy. I, no, <laughs> no. I would I mean, just I... understand they're both creepy. <laughs> I'll say this right now. Throughout this entire, like, beginning prologue or whatever, I get child's play vibes. You got, like, little kid playing by himself, like, talking to this kid, this thing here, and mommy's like, I don't think I trust this. And then it immediately leads to attempted murder. Yeah, that fuck, jeez, man, that escalated quickly. Yeah, I was like, Daniel hasn't been here for what a week, and he's already tried to kill this woman. You serious? I, I thought there was gonna be a whole thing with um, with like Daniel not liking, um, Luke, putting his attention to other people, but no, that that they really just kind of like hinted at that, and it was like, psych. No. <laughs> He's just he just likes causing problems. It's fucking insane. But I do think Daniel has like a, a jealousy problem. I do think that. Oh yeah. It it doesn't seem like it's not a jealousy it feels at first like it's a jealousy problem with wanting to be um the center of attention for Luke, but then it, you see it kind of turns into no, he wants to do the things Luke's doing. Yeah. I didn't get that from the beginning, but like it, throughout it, you kind of like, oh, yeah, run. it definitely kind of picks up, yeah, for sure, yeah. So we get we get a scene straight straight out of any Conjuring movie ever made. Uh, after the mom's near death experience, she decides to force Luke to locking Daniel inside a grandma's old dollhouse. Which I was like, yeah, that's definitely gonna work, and it did. <laughs> I was like, oh god, it did. <laughs> so which I, I, I can understand that if if because um the where they were going with it was he's in Daniel's mind that was kind of like the question throughout the whole thing so it made sense at the beginning if they were gonna use that to like yeah he's in his mind so he has the power over him since he is you know Daniel came from his mind well yeah so. Yeah, so the beginning of this movie, I think we're supposed to catch on pretty quickly that this is all Luke's thing. Daniel is a is a fig, figment of Luke's imagination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I think this movie quotes the Bible uh, heavily. But, yeah, at some point you got to put away childish things, which... So, yeah, they lock him inside of a dollhouse. And mm-hmm. I like this. I like this transition, though. You get this pounding and little Daniel is just sitting... Not little Daniel. Little Luke is just sitting, and you just hear this heavy pounding, and then it fades away. And as it fades away, we cut to uh, adult Luke or college Luke, 
and yeah. college looks a uh, looks a mess. Oh, he, he starts is, off uh, this movie a mess. mess. <laughs> he's a mess throughout the whole fucking thing. Yeah, I think. Well, he's a mess. He just gets sweatier as the movie goes on. <laughs> so what I noticed, but yeah, uh, it feels like nothing. I don't know it, when we transition to them being to him being an adult now. Basically, it feels like nothing has hasn't changed. Still, he, he's a mess. Mm-hmm. He can't focus on anything. But then mom is also off her meds, and they're having his phone call, and it's like, oh, this is this is gonna this is gonna. There's nothing nothing good is gonna happen in the next like hour and a half. Yeah, the next entire movie. <laughs> yeah, everybody's <laughs> just gonna get slowly worse. But uh Daniel the not Daniel, but uh that's confusing. But uh Luke <laughs> does go to a college party as you do when in college, but he ends up having a psychic break and we end up going to his little therapy psychotic session. Psychotic break. Psychotic break. Why did I say psychic? <laughs> Maybe he is psychic. Maybe he's just absorbing people's heads like uh David was in um Legion. <laughs> I mean Daniel, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Definitely well, Daniel. Yeah, he's got a whole castle full of people. Jeez. <laughs> Mutated people. Uh okay, let's that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this therapist here. Uh my first question for you is it... Is this good advice or bad advice? What? Like, he's exactly. having his... Well, he's... The whole thing. I was so uncomfortable this entire session. Anytime he talks to a therapist, I was uncomfortable because it's like... He's he's telling him everything that's wrong, sort of. And then the therapist is like, get over it. Connect with yourself. And I'm like, well, that's two different things, sir. <laughs> but, well, uh, you have to connect with yourself to get over it. I get... <laughs> But if the if the stuff that's happening is genetic, you would think you would take a different route. I don't. I, I don't think he was diagnosed with schizophrenia beforehand. Well, oh, yeah. Like, I think like, it was. I think it was an option for something, and I think it, the the therapist definitely thought it was more mild than it was. But I, I think the advice he was given was pretty solid. It was. It was very like you know, you got to confront this side of you and kind of not let it control you. And remember that it's it is a part of your mind it's not this outside force attacking you so i I think that would be helpful advice if that was not wrong (laughs) yeah i like how he's just completely wrong though he's like connect with your your that childhood side of you and it's like well i did have a, a an imaginary friend named daniel so let's just go see what he's up to although he does talk to this stuffed cat wilbur the cat i kind of laughed at that yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he ends up, he, he unsheaths, he uncovers the dollhouse and grabs a key. Next thing we know, it's like three in the morning and mom is smashing all of the mirrors. And she yeah. wakes <laughs> Mommy's crazy. Mommy's insane and mommy needs to be put away because she should not <laughs> be able to live like this. It's not good for her. It's not good for I don't know. I don't I would not want to be neighbors next to these people. Like I know it's, there's like mental illness going on, but like y'all are making way too much noise. Well, I mean, is well, is it a house? It's a house, but you know, it's New York, so everything's so scrunched up together and noisy all the time, so. Well, yeah, I guess if you're a New Yorker, you would mind it. This is normal. <laughs> oh, that's just the neighbors. Oh, she's just trying to kill herself again. Again. Oh. 
<laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but yeah, uh, mommy's having a psychotic break. I, was, I said it that time. She's having a psychotic break. And uh, instantly, Daniel appears in the bathtub. And I immediately was like, well, I, if you are the son of Arnold Schwarzenegger, your first scene would be shirtless. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like how he just... It, I don't know. All right, let's just just kind of break down characters real quick because first, give me your what's your impression on Luke? Do you like Luke? Do you not like Luke? What do you think about this character? Um, I think I don't know. I I see Luke as someone who's fairly um relatable in the sense of like how he deals with the shit going on in his head. You know, he's kind of like you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore it. Fuck it. <laughs> Yeah. And just like he he comes off as a very relatable person for anyone who has a lot of anxiety, I feel like. Uh, and besides that, he's just very generic. You had me until that last part there. I thought he was I pretty feel, relatable. I feel like I, he's definitely relatable, but it's like that kind of relatable where it's like, yeah, th- this character is supposed to be easy to relate to. Okay. Or. I wouldn't. Well, I guess, I guess relatable or sympathetic. Uh, I I don't know. I guess uh, it would be it'd be both to me, honestly, because it's like it's like relatable to a point. It's like okay, whoa, this is a bit too much. I feel bad for you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see that. All right, so <laughs> I I I pretty much agree. I think he's relatable. I think he is. I think I mostly just sympathize with Daniel because he just not Daniel. I think I just sympathize with Luke because he just goes through it constantly. And that just kind of really gets to me (laughs) with things. But uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be saying the same thing when we get to hereditary, but that just really gets to me. But I will say he reminds me a lot of like Andrew Garfield, where it's kind of like, you just look slimy, but you just need a hug kid. He he does he does just look greasy. Yeah, his hair is constantly in his face, but I think that's just like a white person thing. Well, that I I think it was supposed to really um, because usually usually uh, messy hair uh signifies um help you know stress <laughs> yeah mental stress mental no yeah you're right never mind. Uh... Um, but yeah, like you, you see messy hair. It's like, oh god, they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do you think about Daniel in this movie, M- Mr. Daniel? Um, it's just like it's on the chart, chaotic evil for sure. <laughs> Fucking chaotic evil, dude. Is whenever he's on the screen, it's just like, oh boy, oh boy, something's gonna happen. Oh boy, he's gonna do something. Something's gonna happen. Oh no. Yes, I like how unpredictable he is. <laughs> He's very he, unpredictable. He will do anything and and doesn't care that no one can see him but Luke. <laughs> he really does. It's like, oh, you're going to look crazy? Nice. <laughs> he just lets things happen. I'm like, you know what? That's pretty that's pretty impressive. But yeah, I I I can't help but be charmed by him at the beginning here because he's like he's like making sound effects. I was I put down and I'm like my biggest question when it came to Daniel when he first appears is like, is Daniel older but still a kid? Or does Daniel think Luke is still a kid? 
What do you mean? Well, at the beginning here, you know, he helps them with the mom. The last time Luke ever saw Daniel was when they were kids. Right. If he's an imaginary friend, I wouldn't think an imaginary friend would grow up. But that just be that just might be me taking my knowledge of imaginary friends, which would be Foster's home of of imaginary yeah. friends. See, it's it's different when your imaginary friend is like a creature or something, you know? Because like, why would it age and look different? But if it's a human, I'd assume that it would. If if you the point of creating imaginary friends to have someone that you could relate to and to be your friend, then you would have someone who is always around the same age as you. So then it's like you're always into the same things because you're the same age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that. So, but I, I was just asking because he immediately starts kind of like, you know, he's kind of, Luke is cleaning up the glass and everything, and he takes the broom because as kids, they would take the brooms and blame as swords, which was like a big thing in this movie. And, you know, it, it seems like Daniel was very disappointed when he didn't return the favor. But uh, I feel like Daniel does catch on pretty quickly because we there's this love interest in this movie, a.k.a. our final girl, Cassie. Uh, when they met, I put it by notes. Oh, it's the skateboard crash of love. Here we go. No, she was an asshole. Then. She's a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> she cra- yeah, crashes into him on a skateboard. He's like, oh, are you OK? He's like, she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Look I don't give a going. shit if you're okay. <laughs> Look where you're going. Like, damn. But she, you're she the does one rolling on the sidewalk. What are you? What? <laughs> but she does return his wallet, which only reminded me of that episode of SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> but she does return the wallet, and it's here where uh, I, I love, I love this part the most because it's like. Daniel kind of helps Luke talk to people, especially girls. And I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind having Daniel around to help me get laid. Like, (laughs) yeah, just when um, he wants to take over and like murder some guy. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's a downside. Murky. (laughs) Yeah, there's a there's a there's a clear downside. But I would say the pros kind of outweigh the cons in this situation. (laughs) Walter, you're going to get your body stolen and you're going to die. <laughs> Throw it off the roof. But at least I died for sex. Not anyway, her. they... <laughs> <laughs> <Not> <laughs> anyway, they take, they take the subway, which I was trying to, like, fit some kind of commentary. And I'm like, man, I know it's, in, it's New York and they're kind of, like, middle class, so of course they would take the subway, but, like, is this, like, a subterranean, subconscious thing going on here? But I, I immediately dismissed it being like, you no, know, I'm it's just, just trans pub, public transport's a big thing in New York. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, like you many know, cities just, really. I I was telling myself, I'm like, back off. You're just being a little pretentious here, dude. Just it's it's they're just going yeah. somewhere. They're just fucking in New York City. Like, why would you? Why would you have a? Depending on where you live, like in New York City, why would you have a car? Exactly. But like I say that <laughs> I say that because immediately this movie begins adding in this element of art. Art is like a big thing in this movie. I'm like, okay, well, am I just being pretentious or am I being slow? Because every single character in this movie is talking about some kind of art or some kind of poetry. And there's even like just constant themes of like the shadow self or the hidden person inside. I'm like, well, who's being pretentious now? Um I think some moments 
both of you and other moments just you oh well thanks that makes me feel better (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i also wanted to say that i like the i like the motifs of this movie if you were paying attention uh, there's a lot of mirrors and reflections and glass shattering in this movie which is a a fairly fun thing along with just the potent blood that they have here, which I will say, I'm going to say this right now because the blood is so focused on and it's so deeply, not deep red, but it's a, it's a pun for film fans out there. Deep red. If you know your Italian movies, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) the, the, the blood here is very centered and very focused on. I feel like very colorized. I would say because it's the you are dealing with this art like uh, scene here, so I I don't know I feel like there was something there, and I, I definitely liked it. Um, but also <laughs> when they start when him and Cassie start getting to know each other, I'm like, oh, she's just as crazy as he is. She's got daddy issues. She's just just decides to start <laughs> marking up all and ruining all of her artwork. I'm like, well, this 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 bitch is crazy. <laughs> I think she just has anger issues. That's what yeah, I, I think. Her daddy issues and her angi- anger issues because she just gets pissed off all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. always angry. There's, uh, there is a moment, though. I'm trying to remember where this was, but it's... um, I believe it's when he goes to the... When he meets her at that... Uh, no, it's when... They're at the the little her little studio loft or whatever New York mm-hmm. style apartment that was, and you know Daniel's coaching Luke through all of this and flirting and everything, and you know I, there's some moments where Luke diverges out and Daniel kind of gets this like you mother like looking face. No, you do what I say. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm slowly being seduced a little bit. <laughs> but, but there's a moment where uh daniel mentions to luke uh as like an aside which is uh he repeats a quote from william blake and again this movie is packed full of like artsy pretentious in a pretentious in a good way i would say like theme uh if you know william blake he made i like the i think it's his, probably his most famous artwork and it's one i know because uh, relating back to hannibal but William Blake did the the red dragon and the woman bathed in the sun painting. That is a big element for uh, Thomas Harris's novel and the adaptations of the movie and in TV show of the red dragon and what that means. And essentially, it's just a hidden monster. But that hidden monster is attracted to something blindingly beautiful, which is what this moment is kind of saying. Uh, but I, I did like that moment there. But again, like I said, immediately they'd start ruining everything. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's uh, Cassie's chaotic, dude. Yeah. Okay, so let's lay it out a table here. How we feel about Cassie? Because honestly, I don't like her up until the end of this movie. Yeah, she's unlikable until the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather have Sophie around. She seemed to have much more conflict going on. It, mm-hmm. That made sense. Other than you know, you got Cassie, who's just every now and then she kisses Luke and then spits out some jargon about the wild, where the wild things are, or <laughs> why she can't get a job. And it's like, well, I don't like this character. Yeah, no, she's she's not a great person. <laughs> and yet she survives. 
I I don't know. Maybe this was a learning experience for her. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it was Luke had the diary order for her to learn an important lesson. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe she won't be so shit. <laughs> <But> I don't. <laughs> Just to I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Just God, she she was not great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we do get these like montage of Luke and Daniel just buddying up like they used to as kids, and they're going to parties and cheating on tests and scaring their roommate. Although <laughs> when he was cheating on when he was doing like the testing thing, and I'm like, can can Luke see that far? Like he's kind of yeah, standing far away. Yeah, that's really freaking far. Like. Dude doesn't wear glasses or anything, and he's just like I like when they pan out though, or like when they they cut out, and it's he's just laughing at himself while everybody's just kind of looking at him. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, this is, like sir, this is a this is a quiet test. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I do like the scene where they do scare the roommate though, but that's just because of what happens later. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we do, yeah, like, there's another girl in here. Her name is Sophie. I wrote in my notes, oh, another party, another girl. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's into psychology, but also film. So my ears and other parts of me were very perked up when oh, I heard boy. this. <laughs> and she's cute. I like Sophie in this. I wish she was in the movie more. But Yeah, she definitely yeah. wasn't in it much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she she ends up having Luke re- relax, which is what Daniel wants. And then we get this very intense scene in the bathroom with drunk Luke is passed out. And Daniel, I OK, so I found this weird. I want to know if you picked up on it. But like uh-huh. during the conversation with Sophie and they all end up drinking together and Daniel or Luke tells Daniel to uh, have a couple shots. And Daniel says, you know, I can't touch that. But then we get to the bathroom scene and basically, obviously, Daniel has ulterior motives and wants to slit uh, or what I'm assuming he wants to slit open uh, Luke's throat. But so he can touch him and touch things around him. So I was very confused on, like, can he touch things or not? I think uh, I think it was more of he can make Dan make Luke do things. Because everything he did, it was moving Luke around to do it. Uh, which would make sense. Um, because he he put the... He saw the knife, he picked up Luke's arm and moved it around and all that. And then he put it in the put it in Luke's hand, but he, the entire time he moved Luke's hand around to make that happen. Yeah, and then we got this really cool scene where he's he like gets scared, but he also cut him. And then he's just like drunkenly wiping the blood off. And again, the blood is like very centered frame in this, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But like after this moment, we start like Daniel starts getting very hostile and it gets very uncomfortable in some scenes like that oh, scene yeah. in the whole library where he starts quoting the Bible and he just yells at Daniel. And Daniel's like, what's your problem? So we start seeing that jealousy come back out again. And then Cassie paints him, and I like I do like this part how she can sense something's th- there, but she can't mm-hmm. quite see it. Which is like finally she does something in this movie. We're only an hour in, but she does something, right? <laughs> yeah, they- it's like okay, finally. It, but also at the same time, it's like oh, 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 it's not in his head. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not a good thing, but it's something like it's it kind of like I feel like. 
the whole time I'm like, isn't Daniel worried about being exposed? But like, given the end of this movie, he wanted to be exposed because he no, he does not care. He doesn't care at all. He's just like you said, he's chaotic evil. Uh, but then they have sex. And again, we get a, it. It's a, <laughs> it's such an awkward scene because Daniel's standing right next to them, <laughs> just watching. Yeah. Looking uh, pissed. Exactly. It's like, oh man, does do you want in on this? Obviously, no, he does. <laughs> yeah. So again, it leads to because uh, after that, Luke goes home, but he falls asleep, and that's when Daniel. We find out Daniel's been taking over in some yeah. aspects. So he has some control over Luke and they invite these girls over and and the, he starts palling around with the roommate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh what caught what I don't know if you caught this, but like one of the girls say uh when they're in the dorm room, I'd rather die of the super flu. And I'm like, yeah. 2020 Oof. was just a few days away. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh god! I bet I bet they felt bad for writing that line because again, it just came out December of 2019. It was just a few weeks away. Honestly, it's um, kind of hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> retrospective, if you will. But uh, like, also a little it, fun. It, no, aged, it aged badly in the sense of uh, oh yeah, now there is one technically, pretty <laughs> much. But it aged very well. With the whole, well, you could, you just might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't know where that actress is right now, so maybe she did die. Oh boy, dark humor is what feels the. That was podcast. not humorous. <laughs> it was to me. Oh, God. <laughs> it is dark here because I definitely laugh when they were at when when the next scene when they're in the tunnel. I laughed my ass off watching this scene because it was just like, wow, this is getting really intense and I just couldn't handle myself. But they go to they decide to go into this tunnel. I guess a steam tunnel because that exists. It, it, I don't know things, but they go to the steam tunnel. And, you know, kids, they for some reason get into big groups and then separate to have sex. I don't know why, but that's always something I've always noticed. <laughs> and uh, it's at this point where Daniel really wants to take over. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Luke is just sweet little Luke. Isn't this cheating? <laughs> it's not cheating if it's me. What did you think about the scene? Because this is like the biggest surprise so far. Again, we're like halfway through the movie. I want to know what your thoughts was in this whole like transformation and just everything happening here because this is like one of the biggest things so far I thought Luke is dumb as fuck for allowing Daniel to do that <laughs> and but the the whole scene was I I honestly like throughout the whole thing I was just like wait what wait what 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 <laughs> what <laughs> The entire time, but it was amazing. I loved it so much. It was great. Man, like, because this is just so creative. But again, it was so intense and scary to me because, like, we've seen movies where, you know, we have double personalities and people switch back and forth. You know, Norman Bates, he puts on a dress and a wig. 
Um, you know, uh, what else am I thinking about? I mean, again, I reference Hannibal Red Dragon. It's not necessarily a, a personality thing, but he just takes off his shirt and he has this big old tattoo of a dragon on his back. And like we've seen these transformations happen before. But for for Daniel's face to begin extending itself and la- and like sucking in uh, Luke like that was absolutely crazy. That me. was different. I was like, I've never seen that before. Like that, that was, was awesome. I, I loved it. It was horrifying. <laughs> I like to think I will. I like to think that Daniel is the thing evolved. The thing evolved. Like he it escaped that Antarctic base and now he's just like. Oh, I know how to be human now. I can just hop into people's minds and like <laughs> he looks like the thing when he's like sucking in or transferring his I don't know what he's he looks like the thing to me. And it's it, it gets it only gets worse throughout the movie because he does these impossible things with body parts that should not happen. Yeah, oh, okay, wait, actually back to that same scene though when he takes over Daniel's body for the first time when we see it. When Daniel was freaking out, oh, not Daniel, when Luke was freaking out about um, wanting his body back and he tries to hit Daniel and his whole wrist just kind of breaks. Yes. Holy shit. It like he touches him and then boom, it's like the whole thing just kind of like opens up. Oh, man, it was it was like that was that got me. It's like, damn, Okay, well. You can't really do shit, can you? <laughs> yeah, he just have to sit there and watch him. Like <laughs> he just—he's—I've never seen where someone is forced to be a cuck before. <laughs> helpless, helpless cuckism. <laughs> and then it's like there's this moment where like uh, Sophie's like, no, uh, okay, let me try and say this. Daniel as Luke goes to Sophie and immediately tries to like just go at it with her, and he's like say cheese or something and she's like no take a picture of you and I, I like the fact that he like fucks her and then after he's done he looks at himself in the camera and only sees Daniel and you get this Man. look on his face and he's like you he mean is... Luke only sees Luke yeah he only sees Luke and he he only sees Luke when he looks back at the picture and it's like oh man he gets, he, yeah, the actor here, he gets this look on his face like, I'm going to kill this kid. <laughs> oh, my God. It was great. It was a, it was an amazing scene. I love this. Scene. Yeah, I like I like this whole section because after he gives uh, Sophie the pipe, he takes the roommate and burns him with the pipe. <laughs> Man, he, ooh, fool, he fucked him up. Yeah, like he punches him and then he immediately like slams his face inside. And again, Luke is just in the background going, "No, my college career is ruined." <laughs> oh yes, like it's from here on out. The movie just instantly, just like nonstop. It's it's good. Like right here is where it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I do want to point out that this movie does have a thing where it lingers, but it does it so well. Again, we linger on blood. We linger on, like, injuries. And, man, that dude's face is on that pipe burning for a, a good... I, everything's almost like a half a minute. It's there for a really long time. Well, in most horror movies, it would instantly cut after, like, a couple seconds. Yeah. But here, they make you see it. It was, it was great. Oh, I, I think it. the the best thing about it is that 
like everything it lingers on is something of like a huge importance. So it never feels like it's taking too much time to show something. Yeah. It always feel and usually it's the more intense scenes anyway. So it's like the parts where you're like, "Oh, whoa, okay. I I want to have a second to process this." Yeah, but nope, because the next scene Daniel's like, I want you gone, I want you gone, because he thinks he can just kind of like wish him away or will him away. And I love this part where he's like, by the count of three, you're going to be gone and I'm going to be back to normal because he's like freaking out about this college thing. So he, he closes his eyes and counts to three, opens them back up, but Daniel's right in his face. <laughs> he's just... oh, that was great. I, I knew it was going to happen, but I just, I loved it anyway. It's like, it's like, oh, he's still going to be there. He's going to be there. He's going to be like, psych, didn't yeah. work. But and like he did, I'm like amazing. I love the way the actor did it. Yes, it was great. It's so funny because like again, we get another montage of just like Daniel. It's kind of mirrors the montage of them having fun, but it's like Daniel is ruining Luke's life, and Luke can't do anything about it, but look like a madman. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he likes. Uh, it's at this point where he goes back to the the psychiatrist, and he ends up. Is it right at this point where he gets diagnosed with schizophrenia? Because um, he starts taking medicine. Yeah, it's when it. he gets the yeah when he gets diagnosed and then gets the meds. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, what did you think about these like flashes that Daniel gets, where like these faceless people are are crying? I I just wanted to see what you thought about it because every time they showed up, they freaked me out. They freaked me out too, but I had no idea what it was supposed to represent. Exactly. Like I don't know who they because they show they they show up like I mean, now they, I know. Well, yeah, but like but, yeah, <laughs> watching the but movie, I'm then. like watching the movie. I thought they were something like completely separate. Obviously, it's not completely separate, but like I thought because they they appear before Daniel even comes back into the picture, but like mm-hmm. <laughs> they just keep flashing and surrounding him, and you get we get it several times throughout this little montage of like Daniel trying to live his life, but he just can't. And we get to, like, my favorite scene of the movie where he's trying to apologize to Sophie after, like, being kicked off a campus. And he just looks crazy. He looks like he smells. And she's like, dude, leave me alone. And Daniel <laughs> walks up behind her and says, you want to see what I really want to do to her? And, like, like, puts her throat open. Uh, oh, that God. scene. Oh, it was, it was great because it's, like... He's just like, you know, you want to know what I want to do to her? Slice, slices her fucking throat. The blood just goes all over Luke's face. He just screams like a madman. Is she? Oh. <laughs> right afterwards, she maces him to the ground and runs off. And I'm like, oh, I just feel so bad for Luke. <laughs> he is just not having a good time. Oh, but then again, it's like in that same scene, Daniel is seated in the back, and I'm just kind of laughing, and I'm like, oh, this bitch sucks. (laughs) I did want to say, I did want to ask again, uh, what do you think Daniel's motives was while watching this movie? Because at least for the first hour, I'm like, okay, obviously he wants revenge for being put in a dollhouse. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we do get a definitive answer on why he does this. It's kind of a a survival thing, but what, what did you think his his methods were or his motives were for doing this to Luke. He's just, he's supposed to have fun. He's supposed to have fun. Do whatever he wants. All right. Well, I, I, I really I, care. 
Well, yeah, like, yeah, we do get a definitive answer at the end, which is that it's kind of a method to survive, but also it's just what he does. But which it normally wouldn't fly for me in any any in Wait, any but, other movie. But is it something he has to do to survive? I assume so. He hops from body to body. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think he does that out of survival. I assume so because everyone he comes into contact with ends up dying. Yeah, but I think that's because of how sadistic he is. Oh. He likes causing pain to people. Whoever he's taking over, nothing that happens to that person really affects him in any way, so he just has fun with it. He gets enjoyment from them being in the background screaming at him to stop. That makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, I can go with that. It, it It's better than... Uh, yeah, I guess that makes more sense. Never mind. Then again, it's like, does he? He doesn't. So then he doesn't need to hop from body to body. Well, I guess if someone kills him, uh, I guess I don't know. I have now. I have questions. Because it's like the an end, on to the next one type thing. It's like it's like, hey, I got a new bu- a new person, whole new life, a lot of possibilities for what to do with what this person already has set up for me. So let's see the options and roll with it. See what fun I could get out of this. What chaos I could make. And then it's like, oh, died. Oh, well. Let's see what... Let's roll the dice and see what I get next. Yeah, you know, coffee shop kid dies and he says, oh, look, there's a kid right there. Bloop. Hi. <laughs> Which I, I think is just like... um, I think he has this fun until he gets bored. And when he gets bored, that's when he's like, all right, I'll do something to get him killed now. Man, that's incredible. <laughs> but also very sad. But like also kind of like interesting. I mean, at this point we can assume that Daniel's immortal. So it's like oh. Then he has to be the thing. <laughs> I'm running with that theory. Hashtag Daniel is the, the thing. Kinda gives me huge Freddy Krueger vibes though. Oh yeah. But like Oh yeah, he is kind of Freddy. Although Freddy Krueger can die in various different ways. He's like Freddy Krueger, but he can't die. True. He's scary like, Terry. Know, he's scary Terry. <laughs> he's scary Terry. You can't really get rid of scary <laughs> Terry because he's an Inception demon. He's scary Terry, bitch. That's <laughs> it. That's all. Oh yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna yeah, guide us towards the end here, but there's just some things I want to touch on. Daniel goes to the coffee shop boy's dad, and I love the fact that the dad is like, oh, you know too much. Let me call the cops. <laughs> We're going to get some help, he, kid. He really was just like, let's get the cops here. Which, the the bad thing is if Daniel didn't know. Daniel didn't just know everything going on in the room. It could have worked out. No, he never mind. No, it couldn't have. He would have taken over and gotten him killed. Well, I mean, he takes over whenever he goes to sleep. So, uh, and that's what happens with the therapist later. So, he yeah, I, I guess eventually. Oh man, you can't really kill this dude. No, oh, that sucks. It's like it's a curse you can't avoid. This went from being fun to actually kind of terrifying. Now, it's yeah, no, it is horrifying. <laughs> That's especially when <laughs> especially when his method of taking over your body is climbing into your mouth. That scene with the therapist when he ri- he slowly stretches 
Luke's mouth open. Yes. Like the therapist is the viewer. What the fuck? Oh my god. Oh what the fuck? <laughs> the best reaction I've ever seen in a while <laughs> in a movie. That, that is the best horror movie reaction. Like that guy deserves something. Like that he, was great. <laughs> like he couldn't fully just take off running, but like you know this guy was like in his head he was like I'm getting I got to get out of here. <laughs> but he was standing straight still. One thing though, if he believes in um that occult stuff he was talking about, he definitely should have stabbed Daniel when he could see him before he took over Luke. <laughs> yeah, but like, I love. Okay, I'm a this. This is my one complaint about the movie, and yes, it is what you think it is. But oh, I can't excuse it. And two, I do love the fact. That I it, it, I had a jump scare basically when right. he's like summoning Daniel and Daniel just appears behind the couch and he's like what <laughs> like <laughs> you, you, from that one that one moment you saw this dude's all you saw all this dude's PhDs go out the window <laughs> yeah like, all of his knowledge went out the window when Daniel appeared and responded to him like I love dude. that part but I yeah, mean uh, all of your training. All of your know-how, it just, like, what can you really, in a situation, it's like, okay, well, this shit ain't on paper no more. <laughs> I'm really in danger. <laughs> Man, I'm in student loan. I have student loans for this shit. <laughs> like, that's Man. what I like, really think about. But, yeah, so this is my one complaint. And, yes, it is essentially here we have the magic Negro, the magic minority, the one ethnic person in the movie that's important enough to give you all of the resolution and information you need for the the white characters to try and survive. But what I do like about it is that it's contextually makes sense. He tells you up front he is a doctor, but he practices more than just the Western ways of medicine. And then, are we, this is his house, right? He goes to his house? Um, I thought that was Daniel's house. I yeah, thought... I mean, Luke's house. It's Luke's house, I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's Luke's house? Because at some point he's talking, yeah. and he's like, you know, he's into all this, like, Eastern medicines, and he has all these methods, and I'm like, okay. I can understand that. Also, the summoning of Daniel isn't specifically what he thought it was he thought he was i've seen this done before they did they did this in hannibal where you would unconsciously take someone and then that like you do this whole it's kind of hypnosis type thing but essentially you want to bring out the other personality in a calm state and that's what he was doing with this bowl here but again like i said daniel actually appears (laughs) and yeah Climbs inside of Luke, stretching out his mouth, and his reaction was golden. I mean, it was, it was, oh, it was so unnerving. It was so, and then he just immediately kills this man, and then buys a suit. He really did just kill a man and then buy a suit. Meanwhile, I feel like this is where, I felt this would be your most, what you would find the most interesting. But, like, throughout the movie, we've got flashes of various things and we also got this big old like opening 
uh, it kind of separates the, each of the three acts here, but we got this scene of like this cosmic storm happening, mm-hmm. this uh, abyss, if you will, and we end up seeing Luke's perspective in which he is now inside of Daniel, essentially. Yeah, and it is, it is just as annihilation cosmic horror as annihilation was like this it was oh, a yeah, big, yeah. i love i love the fact that it was a big castle but everything in it was just completely messed up i i loved it i i thought it was fu- it was really fucking cool <laughs> yeah it looks like i feel like this is what hell would look like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah honestly but at the same time it was like i don't know it's like I guess um how how you say it was uh very enchanting at the same time. Yeah, like it was I would say it's kind of hypnotic looking with all the neon everywhere. It's it soothing but ominous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's again I love the fact that it's a castle, but it's like inside of it is you got people whose heads are just stretched out and uh. it's I, and at first, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, so... I, I When I first saw it, I quickly I quickly got over it because, you know, you, you need a monster if this is where they're going. The big reveal right. is that it's it's not Fight Club. It's it's literally... It's something else. <laughs> you know, if you watch the trailer, it's it's pretty much Fight Club. You got two two personalities. One you can is the actual person. The other is a different person causing hectic things happening. But it's mm-hmm. at this point in the movie where you realize, oh, no, this is a demon who has, like, attached itself to this kid. And it's, it's just demon. it's just fucking Ooh. with this kid. It really is. It's so fucked up. It really like the phone calls and the girls calling. like uh, I love the fact that Daniel is just like letting him walk around this castle, too. <laughs> he really is. Like he he has he's seeing everything. Like he appears to Daniel in his true form many times, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, you're you're in Luke. here now." Yeah, he 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 replays the whole thing with the dollhouse, or yeah, Luke, yeah. Luke. Look, the name, <laughs> the names here are weird. They should have picked a more dominant name than Luke. I think Luke fits the character though. Luke fits the care if dang. Luke fits the character, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily match with Daniel. Like Daniel and Luke, you kind of never get that. Like you know, make him well, like a. I could, I could see Daniel being like a. I don't know. I feel like Daniel can be very ambiguous in that way. Well, yeah, Daniel is very ambiguous. I, it's biblical. It's also kind of demonic now, but yeah, <laughs> it's also a popular vine. So, damn. <laughs> Back with the the demon head. Oh no! What did you think about Daniel's true parasite monster form, though? Like, what did you think about this design and how it moved and everything? It was terrifying. <laughs> See what I, I'm saying? I, it was creepy as hell. It was really damn creepy. Extreme. I did not did not enjoy getting a view of that. Every yeah. so often, <laughs> it happens so back to back too. Like it's every scene, and then we go back to the real world, and the next scene, oh crap, it's another one. Yeah, and there's a, again, like Daniel, 
I wrote my notes. So Daniels has his past victims trapped inside himself. It's a parasite inception. <laughs> it's like he's inside of a person, but all his victims are inside of him. So it's just kind of like, I guess, I don't know. It's just, it's weird the way they framed it. It is definitely weird the way they framed it. Uh, I do, I do really enjoy it though. It's like his trophies. Yes, I love the trophy room. Is <laughs> the knife where he just uses there still has blood on it? He just has it on the case in the case. And man. <laughs> I was like, you just killed the man like three hours ago. His the fact blood. that it still had the blood on it and up for display, like <laughs> he really just was like, "Are we doing this, man?" <laughs> Plus. <laughs> You know, you gotta be extremely narcissistic to have your own museum. <laughs> oh yeah, it's clear that Daniel's extremely narcissistic, though. Yeah. Uh, on the outside world, though, Daniel is while Luke is trying to fight his way out. Daniel is like <laughs> attempting to kill this art girl, and I put art girl in my notes because I didn't know her name was Cassie for a while. But like, oh no. I love this like little fight though. I do like the the and again she gets she you like you like this girl up until or you don't like this girl up until the last parts of this movie. But what do you think about yeah. this this fight between them until Luke merges out word? I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I I liked the it was believable in the way where you know, like does she really stand a chance? No. Is she gonna fight? Anyway, yes, I love that, and I can I can definitely respect that, especially since throughout the movie you kind of every time you see her, she's like fight mode. She, her fight or flight is definitely she goes straight to fight. Yeah, I I totally agree. But like, my favorite part is when she kicks him down the stairs and he just goes tumbling. <laughs> well, that was great, but my yeah. thought was like, why would you do that and then not go inside and lock the door? My thing is, like, you kick someone down the stairs. We've all done this as kids. Jump down the stairs and land on this fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stump him. But, yeah, obviously, she I, she also made the wrong choice of going to the roof. Was like, oh, that was the worst choice. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's even dumb for me. And I've seen countless slasher movies where people instinctively run to the roof. Yeah, but at least you know. I think about Scream. Sydney was on the roof, but that was one she was trying to get away. And two, there was a boat underneath her, <laughs> and yeah, it wasn't. She, really, she didn't have the most options. <laughs> she she's decided to run up into the roof, and that's where our final little battle is. And uh, Daniel, not Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, not Daniel. Uh, Luke, <laughs> with the help of Coffee Shooter guy. Uh, decides that the abyss is the way out, and thus he appears as. Again, it gets very Inception, so it's it's Daniel possessing Luke's body, but Luke appears to Daniel as Daniel appeared to Luke, which is this secondary, ghostly side personality figure. Yeah, I'm surprised that made sense the way I said it, but I understand it. I think it makes sense if you watch it. I think yeah, if you nobody's yeah. got this. <laughs> yeah, this is just a lot of babbling at this point, but like a lot of stuff is happening at this point. There's fighting, and yeah. oh my god, uh, there, there's something we haven't touched on, but like, 
So the power of imagination, which I love. I love the fact that they've utilized the power of imagination because I did mention earlier that uh, Daniel has this thing where he makes sound effects. And even as little kid Daniel, but whenever him and Luke are playing, he adds that like element and he kind of, I guess he amplifies or brings to life uh, the imagination of whom he's residing in, mm-hmm. which I thought was clever. And I like the fact that Luke uses that against him or yeah. I guess he's taking back his imagination because mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets stabbed with the broom, but it turns into a sword. And then that. <laughs> That was awesome. That was cool. I was like, you know what? I've never seen that before. Death by broom. Like, that's awesome. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> die from the, the broom stab. But it was cool, though. He tried it. it he was, tried. It was definitely cool. He did try it. He really tried it. But ultimately. I that he tried it. Yes, I, I, I also. Like, that was just. Again, I feel like that's, like, really creative. But uh, ultimately, and I want to know what your reaction was with this ending here. Because mm-hmm. when I first saw it, I definitely thought Luke was going to survive. But I, I did not think he was going to survive at all through that entire thing. Seriously? I remember yeah. firmly sitting and watching this for the first time and being like, oh, you know, I noticed that. They're going to get, you know, they're going to Pennywise it. They're going to, or they're going to Freddy Krueger it. I don't believe in you or just throw them off the roof. Which I, you know, I knew someone was getting thrown off that roof. I didn't think they would both be thrown off the roof. I'm glad they took the more realistic approach with it to be honest well yeah it is one body so something had to go yeah but like luke grows the biggest balls ever and says if i go you go and that's what uh daniel says he said you don't have does he say you don't have the balls uh or he's not strong enough yeah yeah and then (laughs) He just—they go flying, and they both it's die. Like strength, <laughs> I don't need strength. I have a ledge to jump off. <laughs> <laughs> he just—this <laughs> is the ultimate cheat code. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Luke's body dies, and in with that, Luke dies, and Daniel is now left back in his demon world, and that back on his. His castle without a body or without a host for now. And Cassie is going to need a lot more therapy than she needed at the beginning of this movie. Man, the, her her reaction is just like, get up, please. <laughs> and then he does it, and it's just like, you just see, you can see just like everything going through her head, her process, all of it. Oh yeah, I saw it. Her exact thoughts were written on her face. I'm gonna draw this later. Oh my god! And not even in a cool Stavo from Scream season two way. She's just gonna draw it because she's an artist. Oh, you really don't like her? I don't. No, I don't. I think she's horrible. <laughs> I think this character is written badly. Oh like, yeah, she she definitely is. She should have been a lot more likable. Yeah, if they would have just switched her and and maybe it's the actress. I don't. I try not to judge. People's acting abilities. I, I think her acting was good when she was supposed to be likable. I just think the I think a lot of the writing had her just be a dick. Yeah, like I feel like she would have worked better in an action movie. But like you know, well, I mean the actress, like she probably would have worked better, yeah, like because really? she's yeah, because she's snippy and you could 
or maybe not. I don't know. Look, I just don't like this 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 person. I don't like this character. I don't. I just don't. She's like you said. She's not likable at, at any point, and she doesn't really do much. And she's just a poor love interest for me. Like she didn't seem she really cared that much about this dude. Yeah. Well. Like I got I, I, a lot more off of Sophie when she was around than I got. I from think because she had more, she had more time. Honestly, Sophie had a lot more time on the screen. Well, yeah. Than Cassie did, to be fair. Switch the characters, and this would have been a perfect, perfect thing. Yeah, I think I think so as well. But yeah, so I mean, we kind of touched on it. But my last question was: Is Daniel alive? And dead as, uh, oh wait, Daniel, yeah, yeah, yeah Daniel's no, alive. Luke is dead as Luke's hell. dead as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> he died the best way he could, but he is gone. He is deceased. He's very dead. I do love the final shot of like the camera panning up or zooming up to Daniel as he's staring down from his castle. It's like this dude really fought back. Like, like, like if like it feels like. I don't know. The scene to me gives off the fact that because Daniel, because things went down like this, Daniel lost in a way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like he got outbested by somebody for the first time. Yeah, he he didn't die on his terms. Yeah. In that body. Which, if you, I feel like, does fit with the movie. And I don't know if this is what the movie is mainly saying, but for me... I thought about this at the end of watching it, but for me, it's kind of what most people say about mental illness and dealing with mm-hmm. it is that you you shouldn't let it dictate you. You should find your way to not only live with it, but control. Not well, I guess you can't control it, but like be responsible for it is what people say. That's what I'm thinking for. You right. can you shouldn't let it. You shouldn't let your mental illness or whatever dictate you. But you should find a way to be responsible while living with it. Mm-hmm. And I feel Luke really uh, portrayed that well. He tried it. <laughs> he tried it. <laughs> well, with that being said, Shelton, do you recommend Daniel isn't real? Oh, I definitely do. I, I think it, it doesn't get too convoluted at, all, at any point for uh, people who don't want to look like any deeper into like the psychological tones of it and uh, yeah no i i think it's good for people who want to look into that as well yeah i think it's a very small movie that was really good almost no one talked about it when it came out and i was so excited to watch it when it came out i watched fun fact i watched it christmas day so I got off of work and then I came home and I was up wrapping presents with my fam with the the adults of the family that that Christmas 2019. So while I was wrapping presents, I was watching this movie. At the same time, I was very sad that I didn't get to go see Black Christmas. And now I hope one day time travel is well enough for me to go back and smack myself for being yeah. like, for not just being happy. <laughs> Yeah, like Black Christmas 2019, really? But uh, <laughs> that's just beside the point. But yeah, I, I like this movie. This movie, I think, I think it's acted really well. That's like that's the main reason why I don't like Cassie. But like, I, well, I, 
I think the characters but, and the actors match up. Which let me let me just interject. Like I think the actress that played Cassie was a good actress. I think she's a good actress. I think she did well with what she was given. She just wasn't given a very well written character. Which I agree with, but I also kind of put that on the actress. I just she didn't she didn't have anything to be likable with. As while yeah, I can't th- blame that's more of a writing issue than a acting issue. No, I mean it. You can. It takes a good actor to make any kind of shit seem somewhat good. You can give you can give Samuel Jackson the the most dumbest lines ever written, and he will make a he will make it a way he will make a way to make that entertaining. If that makes sense, like I don't know it. <laughs> He's he not in horror movies. <laughs> he, technically, he is. He did those you shark can't... movies. That, that, yeah, that shark movie is awful. And honestly, Samuel, in, in that shark movie, because I've, I've seen it, it's the one where they're like underwater and all that shit. Uh, in that movie, he is literally acting as any... He's basically the dude from Pulp... The same character he played in Pulp Fiction. Like, <laughs> so Samuel Jackson, I guess. He was playing himself in that movie. Like, you can't... It's not like he had to play a, a real, like, horror yeah. movie character like the ones in this one. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Samuel L. Jackson plays himself in everything. And we oh. lo- everybody loves Samuel L. Jackson. That's why everybody vibes with this so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. My, my point is that I think the, the, two lead, the, the two leads really make this movie. And when it came to her, she just wasn't at – she just – didn't feel like that was the same level. No, like her you said, that sucked. Oh, yeah, I think her lines were bad. Yeah. So aside <laughs> from all that, I really do like this movie. Uh, other, I mean, yeah. Cassie is my only complaint, and what you know, them using the the Negro trope again, but again, it's justified in this movie, which I was fine with. But other than that, I, I really functional way. Yeah, in, it in made, a way that really fit the character. Yeah, the character was introduced as a therapist first, and that's what the reason it they they used it. He was using medicine rather than outright like magic or just oh, I looked this up online and this is what they said about your condition. But right. uh, yeah, so other than that, I I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy recommending this movie to everybody. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, I, I, a theme about this whole entire series for the next two months on the podcast is that a lot of these movies, whether I recommend them or not, I like recommending them to people just for the sheer shock factor. Like Javon was really, <laughs> yeah, like Javon was really surprised. It felt and he, it felt like when I was talking to him, he was very, uh, he very much enjoyed the small surprise that was the movie Spree. And so my question for you is that were you, you know, genuinely surprised watching this movie? I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Yeah, which I I, I didn't I did not expect it to be like I, I knew it would be interesting because usually you tell me a, a movie is going to be like I'm going to be interested in it. Yeah. Or enjoy it than I, I typically do. Because at this point, you you kind of understand more about what I'm into, but this it, this was really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, this was this was excellent. Definitely enjoyed it. Really uh, 
I think this movie, before I wrap up here, this movie has a lot of elements that I really like, and that is that it reminded me a lot of Child's Play, like I said earlier, but it also reminds me of Fight Club, and a lot of the visuals are kind of like the house that Jack built. But the overall thing that it reminded me of was uh, Total Drama All-Stars. What the hell? Yeah. First off, I don't recommend that season. It sucks. But it's it's one of the it's one of the last couple of seasons where they combined all of the best like most popular characters from each season, and oh, yeah. before this season came out, there was like a new season with a brand new cast. One of those characters got on the All Stars, and his whole thing was that he had multiple personalities. So the oh, villain, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so for the villain for All Stars was an alternate like pers- evil personality. And it's just what it's just what it it just what uh, it just that's just what it reminded me of watching this movie again. But other than that, right? Yeah. Like I said, I don't recommend that season of Total Drama, but definitely recommend this movie. But um, yeah. So thanks, Sheldon. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Um. <laughs> I yeah this is this is good uh I I definitely enjoy talking about these kind of movies I just wanted to say that I am definitely excited for next week because we are finally getting to Hereditary and I can finally but I'm not gonna lie that's probably gonna be a long show it's probably why I'm gonna start at around earlier than we usually do these things but uh very much earlier because I definitely want to get all of my peace out on that movie so I can finally <laughs> stop defending it like through text I can just send the link to the podcast episode and be like this is what I think about the movie and this is why I love it but I can't wait to talk about Hereditary I just I just can't wait to talk about it I just I want to be fully immersed in it I mean but uh, <laughs> before we get to that I do want to say thank you everybody for listening and if you want more of the Murderboard podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Murderboard Pod under that at Murderboard underscore Pod, and on Twitter at Murderboard. The there you can ask questions and leave comments about the show. Please don't forget to share the podcast with family and friends. And you can find us on most of your favorite podcast networks such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and right here on Anchor. And a little uh, side note: I just found out we're also on Audible now. Really. Yeah, we're also on Audible. So uh, look wow. us up. Yeah, all the episodes are there. Give it a listen. And uh, if also consider supporting the podcast and helping sustain future episodes such as this one by hitting the support slash link down below in the show notes. Look for new episodes on Fridays and Sundays. And Shelton. We'll catch you again on the murder board. Oh, cool. You did it. <laughs> You didn't expect me to do it? You set I me up so well. <laughs> I did set you up. I was I don't know what I was thinking there, but I'm like, hey man, we'll just try it. But cool. That was fun. I enjoyed that. <laughs> so um you let me climb inside your mouth now? No. Oh we're not no. <laughs> we're not doing this. Open wide, bitch. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs>